7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast of America. Good morning, America. It is 3 p.m. in London, 7.30 in Mumbai, India, 11 p.m. in Kyoto, Japan, and in Malaysia, it's 19.34. I'm the guy without the pants, Jay Sheldon. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, wherever you may be across the planet. Hello to our live viewers on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and Rumble.com. Two warnings. Rumble's being hit because of the 2000 Mules film by these morons from the left doing everything they can to prevent the truth from getting out there. I highly recommend, if you can, to see the film 2000 Mules by Dinesh D'Souza. And uh, it's all over the net. It's easy to find. But they are attacking. So uh, whether or not our Rumble live feed stays up, I don't know. But frankly, if we go down for the sake of 2,000 mules, got no problem with that. All right. Also, uh, YouTube. Earlier tonight, YouTube, no videos would load. I don't know why. Maybe I don't think it was just me. I checked, you know, these sites where you can go to see if sites are up or down. And there were several reported problems with YouTube. Anyway, we're here, and if you miss all that, you can always catch our podcast. The audio part of our show is a podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Radio Public, uh, Podbean, GeoSabin in uh, in India, and hello to all of our Indian uh, listeners. We've got quite a bunch of you, and uh, we really do appreciate that. Thank you very much for uh, hanging out and listening in. Ah. When you're on YouTube and you subscribe, be sure that you click the notification bell. You heard that little beep? That was my phone reminding my other YouTube account that Jay Sheldon is live right now. So (laughs) there you go. It's a little delayed, but you'll get notified every time we go live if you want to. Just look at the bottom there somewhere. It says subscribe, and then there's a little bell icon. You click that and You'll get a little beep every time we go live, which is Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday nights, 10 p.m. Malaysian time. And believe it or not, we made it. We are number one. And I'll tell you about that after I tell you about this. Miko update. (laughs) Our little lady Miko, she's doing great. Uh, she had a wonderful few days and uh, since we last talked. Also, just tonight, she was so well-behaved and she was so good today, we gave her a special treat, which was a pig ear. I know, it sounds gross, and frankly, it is. But, you know, they slaughter the pigs for food, and you don't want to waste anything, so among the many byproducts for dogs are the ears of the pig. They cut them off. They're all dried out. They're great chews. They're good for the dog. They don't have any preservatives or any of that other crap in it. And most dogs love them, Miko included. She goes nuts for these things. She will do anything for a pig ear. So we had one left over and we gave her one tonight. Funny thing though, she took it in her house. She set it down on her mat and then she walked away. Now, she's very guarding of her resources. She is a resource guarder. Uh, But I I don't know whether she was trying to entice us to play with her, to try and take it away, which, believe me, I like all ten of my fingers. I'm not getting in the way between her and a pig ear. But anyway, 
after a little while, she went back in. She ate the whole thing. I mean, she ate the whole thing. You're not supposed to eat the whole thing in one sitting, Miko. But she did. So she got her pig ear and all is right with the world. All right. All is also right in the world because we are number one. Numero uno. Number satu in Malay. Uh, yes, Malaysia is number one. We are so proud. We are so happy. We could not. We're just we're beside ourselves because of this amazing ranking. You know, when you live in a country for 20 years, which in about 10 days, it will be my 20th anniversary of living in Malaysia. I feel a part of the culture. I feel a part of the country. Malaysia's in my heart. Don't get me wrong. I'm a patriot and I love the U.S. And it absolutely kills me to see Biden and all those idiots destroying everything of what is an amazingly wonderful country that stands for freedom. But it's happening. Hopefully it won't continue much longer. But anyway, to get back to it, here in Malaysia, when we achieve a goal... Everybody gets behind the whole country, and we, we're so proud of what we do. And yet again, we have managed to become number one in Asia and number four globally for the most visits to porn sites. Yes. Yes. Congratulations. Uh, this from World of Buzz. The link's in our show notes if you want to read the whole story. Uh, oh, by the way, just a quick note. My whole system crashed tonight. So if we suddenly disappear, I'll try and get back, but no promises. All right. World of Buzz. Coronavirus searches. Popularity of coronavirus-related searches when compared to the worldwide range. Pornhub searches. Percentage change in traffic compared to an average day. Yep. There you go. In a shocking revelation by Pornhub, Malaysians <clears throat> have been killing time at home during the MCO by seeking <clears throat> adult entertainment at Pornhub, which is the world's largest adult entertainment site. Uh, just how invested Malaysians are? Well, currently, we are ranked number one, numero uno, number satu in Malaysia, and number four in the whole world, the fourth highest in the whole world. Uh, number three, two, one, Slovakia, Bulgaria, and Ireland. Ooh, you Irish, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the country's most often searching for Pornhub. See, there you go. And there is Malaysia, 84%, followed by Serbia, Austria, Portugal, Singapore, our neighbors to the south. Colombia, Philippines, sound, South, it goes on and on. You can read this whole article here. You know, the smallest percentage is Canada, 
And the next one, a 9%, next one up at 10% is the U.S. If you notice, you know the best way to get someone to want something is to tell them they can't have it. Now, we live in a country here that has virtually no freedom of speech. Our freedoms are regulated. Even our film industry sucks because we can't make films like normal people make films. We have so many ridiculous, stupid, out-of-date, archaic rules to follow that, sadly, we just can't make the kind of films that people want to see. That's a subject for another day, but I feel quite strongly about that, especially given my business. But um, the more you tell somebody they can't, the more they're going to, you know. So they put all these regulations in. They block all these websites. Three letters, uh, uh, government officials, V-P-N. Duh. You ain't stopping anybody. Oh, but it makes you look good with all the machiks and pachiks and, you know, oh, yeah, we're doing the right thing. We're blocking these sites. You ain't doing crap, pal. It isn't working. Everybody knows it. So anyway, yes, we can be proud. To be fair, Malaysia, by the way, not the only contributor to the recent global surge. Recent global searches skyrocketed from 65 to 11.6% at a time when most countries enforce lockdowns and movement restrictions. What I'm not sure I understand is that if you Pornhub searches went up during lockdowns, what were you doing when it wasn't a lockdown? Never mind. Never mind. I don't want to know. Pornhub also attributed the spike to its free premium services promotion, which was offered to countries like Italy, Spain, and France. So, there you go. (laughs) Congratulations again, Malaysia. You made it number one. I saw, there's a link to this. It's just a meme. It's a a word meme. But uh, it's, it's fantastic. And it so applies to what has happened over the last couple of years. I had to share this. There is a link in our show notes tonight down below in the description. You'll see it. Uh, but again, it's, it's very simple, and, and, but it is so deep and it is so, so true. Sometimes your freedom is not taken away at gunpoint, but instead it is done one piece of paper at a time, one seemingly meaningless rule at a time, one small silencing at a time. Think about it. There's no credit given to who said that, but boy, these past couple of years, how true that is. Absolutely amazing. All right. People found other ways to deal with the MCO, the lockdowns. Here in Malaysia, we call it a movement control order, MCO. So you'll hear me refer to it as that because, you know, they call it lockdowns, things like that. Anyway, this again from World of Buzz, links in the show notes if you want to check out the article and check out this cool guy. Uh, A Malaysian pilot hopes to fly one day, but in the meantime, he has become a chicken seller. Yeah, a chicken seller. He turned into a chicken seller during the uh, lockdown, and he hopes to fly one day. Now, 
There's a picture of this guy, rather handsome airline pilot. And here is the same guy as a chicken seller with a chicken, with a bunch of chickens. Now, here's what kind of worries me. It says the MCO caused a lot of people to change their jobs uh, because of entrenchment, uh, the great resignation. Uh, William Lee, he's 32 years old. He was having the time of his life flying around the world as a pilot. But in October 2020, he was retrenched by his company because they wanted to reduce losses. He still remembers the last flight he piloted on the 22nd of April in 2020. I believe that's a picture of him before that flight. Being unemployed, he didn't want to just stay home and do nothing. But he had no desire to search for a new job as well, so he decided to help out at his family's business, butchering chickens in Pasar Basar Seremban. Decided to help expand the family business, providing offline and online services. He says he used to work in the wet market, noted that in essence, now here's, here's the line that concerns me about this guy. He says, in essence, there's not really a lot of difference between selling chickens and flying an airplane. <laughs> if you really feel that way, I'm not so sure I want you sitting in the pilot seat of a flight I'm booked on. Jeez. Actually, he goes on to explain, both in the service industry, we're assuring the service and products sold are safe and good quality to our customers. Okay, we'll forgive you, but think about it. It all started with a flight simulator installed on my uncle's PC, played around back in 95, and next thing you know, he's a pilot. And the next thing you know, he's a chicken plucker. <laughs> there you go. Man. I'll tell you, talk about a change of uh, change of venues, huh? All right. Well, here comes a cool one. I'll read this. You got to check out this article. It's uh, in our show notes. There's a link. You can check out the whole article. But a piece of chewing gum has offered some surprising insights into the human genome. All this from a wad of gum. It's not just any ordinary wad of gum. This is the gum. And this gum is old. How old? Very. Researchers recently uncovered a piece of chewed-on birch pitch in an archaeological dig in Denmark. Conducting a genetic analysis of the material left in the birch pitch offered a plethora of insights into the individual who last chewed it. And this is an artist's representation of what that individual would have looked like. She was female, strangely enough, dark skin and blue eyes. Looks like a little bit of European influence there. Uh, dubbed Lola... She lived 5,700 years ago, had dark skin, dark hair, and blue eyes. They found the genetic analysis of the chewing gum and this 6,000-year-old Violet Beauregard 
Um, it represents the first time the human genome has been extracted from such material like this, and uh, amazing to have gotten a complete ancient human genome from anything other than bone. They retrieved DNA from oral microbes and several important human pathogens, which makes it a very valuable source of ancient DNA, especially for the time period where we have no human remains. That is her, according to an artist's description from the scientists, and uh, it all came from an ancient piece of chewing gum. Wow. I'm assuming she probably wasn't in Singapore. <laughs> uh, if you don't know and you live in some other part of the world, uh, well, chewing gum, I believe, it isn't against the law in Singapore, but it is like on public transport, and it's some dumbass thing. It's Singaporeans in their little Nazi Disney world down there have uh, created some law about chewing gum. Uh, does that still exist, by the way? If you're in Singapore, let me know in the chat, because uh, I... I have no idea. Uh, it probably does, because Singapore rarely, if ever, changes. Mm. All right. Uh, you, of course, have uh, heard about, know about, maybe you're keeping up with the Ukraine situation. I say situation because everybody calls it a war zone. Everybody talks about all the bombs going off and the buildings being destroyed and the mass mayhem of... The war as Russia invades the Ukraine. Really? Because these headlines appeared this week. You can see this article in our show notes. It's from the MalayMail.com. I picked a local source. It's in a bunch of different websites. You'll find it. U2's Bono gives a freedom concert in Kiev on the metro. The Metro is like their subway system. With full production values and full television coverage, the band put on a show in what is supposed to be war-torn Ukraine. Yeah, as if that wasn't enough, the First Lady of the United States, not the clown world president, alleged president of the United States, Biden, but Jill Biden makes a surprise visit to war-torn Ukraine. What first lady goes to an active war zone? Ever? I don't think so. Who is running this clown show? Seriously, who is running this clown show called the U.S. government? They... Brandon sits in the White House or the fake White House set or in his Delaware house and, you know, eats his cream of wheat and has his diapers changed. Meanwhile, the First Lady makes a surprise visit to war-torn Ukraine. Not to be outdone, I really hope that pantsuit and those heels are, uh, are bulletproof. Or armored. This is that moron Pelosi, and is that Schumer? Yeah, that looks like the idiot Chuck Schumer going to meet uh, Zelensky in the Ukraine. Not exactly looks like she's dressed for war. This guy in the back looks like he's appropriately dressed, but 
moron Schumer and Pelosi. This is unbelievable. This is some Bono's concert, the first lady, Pelosi in a blue pantsuit in heels, going to a war zone, an active war zone, where all the war footage we've seen has got a whole bunch of bombs going off, people being shot and everything. Mm. Yeah. Telling you folks, when the truth comes out, and eventually the truth does always come out, just like 2000 Mules film. People are going to be very, very surprised. Unbelievable. All right. We can't end this without... We have our book coming up, by the way. But I didn't want to do all heavy stuff tonight. There's a lot of heavy crap in there because these idiots just keep making headlines by doing stupid things. Oh, Adam Schiff. Oh, even worse. Even worse. Are you kidding me? Sean says uh, it's Adam Schiff. You know what? I think you're right. Now that I now that I think about it, I think you're right. That's worse than Schumer. Adam Schiff, that whining, sniveling, little lying sack of crap. Forget losing his job. That man needs to be in an orange jumpsuit behind bars for a very long time. But yes, you're right, Sean. I think that is. That figures, too. It figures Pelosi and Schiff. Mutton Jeff. Absolutely. Schiff. Has he ever told the truth in his life? Lying piece of crap. Yeah, that would make sense. That was Schiff. Thanks for correcting me, pointing that out. (laughs) All right. Like I said, we can't be all heavy tonight. We got to do at least one good news story. And man, did we find one. This warms my heart. I I always got to bring you at least one, usually several, but at least one good news story. Again, thank you to the folks at World of Buzz. Uh, their link, the link to this article, again, is in our show notes. The quote is, his parents taught him right. A kind Malaysian boy buys slippers for an old uncle sitting outside of a shop. Now, if you are not from Malaysia, I got to explain a few things. So Malaysians, bear with me because I got a lot of listeners and viewers in other parts of the world. Slippers are what in Malaysia we refer to as flip-flops or sandals. I know at least in the U.S. they're moreover referred to as flip-flops, sandals, things like that. But here we call them slippers. In the U.S., slippers are something wear around the house or to go to bed or just before you go to bed. And an old uncle in this country doesn't mean you're actually, you know, your father's brother. An uncle in this country is anybody over the age of about 50. I am an uncle times a lot. So, yeah, there's no doubt (laughs) Uncle Jay. Uh, but yeah, they, we just, as a, it's a term of endearment, we call anybody who's an older guy, uncle and an older woman, auntie usually. But anyway, this old uncle was sitting outside the shop. He was shoeless. And this young guy goes into the shop. It's a, a tuco. It's a, it's like the two, two ringgit shop. So everything inside the shop is two ringgit. He goes into the shop, buys him a pair of slippers, comes out and gives them to him. Whenever we see an elderly person, the article says, our hearts twinge a little. We want to help them if we can. And in a viral video that uh, TikTok, almost a million views, 
We see a young boy trying his best to help an uncle who was sitting outside of an eco shop. Uh, the owner of the video, Mr. Andre Putra Bambang, told World of Buzz, the heartwarming interaction took place in front of the eco shop in Taman Nirwana in Ampang, uh, May 3rd, 5 p.m. In the video, an old uncle sitting on the floor in front of an eco shop. Bunch of boys who look like they're in their teens are looking at the uncle. There's a picture here. And uh, after a while, the, one of the boys went into the store, brought out a pair of slippers for the uncle to try. The young boy then repeated the same process twice because he didn't get the size right. Uh, turns out the third time was the charm, and he found a pair of bright yellow slippers just the right size. So he went in, paid for it, and gave them to the uncle. Man, it's like the headline said. Somebody raised this kid right. Good on you. I don't think they credit who the kid is in this video. Uh, but yeah, his parents raised him right. I hope he'll grow up to be a great man with manners. And you got a good start, kiddo. Keep it up. There are a lot of adults out there who could learn a lesson or two from you. Keep going. Keep doing it. Those random acts, they're what matter, folks. They really are. You don't need to... Now, this video was not taken purposely to, you know, hey, look at me. Uh, this was taken by a bystander who saw what was going on and shot the video. Um, but uh, so again, he wasn't doing it for the publicity. He was doing it for the right reasons. And those were right there. He was doing it from the heart. That's what it's all about. Man. It's... Stuff like that that makes me realize all is not completely wrong with the world. As low as it gets sometimes. Okay, it's time to move on over to our book. And uh, before we start that, I'm going to let you know that there's a chance we may not continue with this book. I got a few messages and emails saying Grimm Brothers fairy tales are boring. Um, not terribly so far. They're different. They're very different. And some of these stories you'll recognize having heard different versions of them that have been basically cleaned up and made less dark. Because the original Grimm Brothers fairy tales were very dark. There's a lot of them. And uh, so anyway, we're thinking about it. We'll see. I'm looking around for another book. If you have suggestions, you can email me, send me a PM if you want. All of my social media is listed down there and my email, nopants at jsheldon.com. It's all in our show notes down below. You scroll down, it's towards the bottom. All my social media accounts and emails and things are there. So uh, send me a message if you like or an email and uh, let me know. Uh, first of all, what do you think about the, the Grimm Brothers fairy tales? And uh, second of all, if you have a suggestion for something else to read, you go to gutenberg.org, by the way, the Gutenberg Project. That's where we get all these books. And uh, check them out, if you'd like. Uh, we'll pop up the original cover of Bruder, Bruder Grimm, or Grimm, which was the Brothers Grimm uh, fairy tales. And we will head on over to a story from the Grimm Brothers called Hans in Luck. Some men are born to good luck. 
All they do or try to do comes right. All that falls to them is so much gain. All their geese are swans. All their cards are trumps. Toss them which way you will. Always, always, like poor puss, alight upon their legs. And only move on so much the faster. The world may be very likely not always thinking of them as they think of themselves. But what care they for the world? What can it know about the matter? Well, one of these lucky beings was neighbor Hans. Seven long years he'd worked hard for his master. And at last he said, Master, my time is up. I must go home and see my poor mother once more. So pray pay me my wages and let me go. And the master said, You have been a faithful and a good servant, Hans, so your pay shall be handsome. And then he gave him a lump of silver as big as his head. Hans took out his pocket handkerchief, put the piece of silver into it, and threw it over his shoulder, jogged off on the road homeward. As he lazily went on, dragging one foot after another, a man came in sight, trotting gaily along on a capital horse. Ah, said Hans aloud, what a fine thing it is to ride on horseback. There he sits as easily and happily as if he was at home, in the chair by his fireside. He trips against no stones, saves shoe leather, and gets on hardly knows how. Hans did not speak so softly, but the horseman heard it all, and said, Well, friend, why do you go on foot then? Ah, said he, I have this load to carry. It, to be sure, is silver, but it's so heavy that I cannot hold up my head, and you must know it hurts my shoulders sadly. What do you say of making an exchange? said the horseman. I will give you my horse, and you shall give me the silver, which will save you a great deal of trouble in carrying such a heavy load about you. With all my heart, said Hans, but as you are so kind to me, I must tell you one thing. You will have a weary task to draw that silver about with you. However, the horseman got off, took the silver, helped Hans up, gave him the bridle in one hand and the whip in the other, and said, when you want to go very fast, smack your lips loudly together and cry, Jip! Hans was delighted. As he sat down on the horse, he drew himself up, squared his elbows, turned out his toes, cracked his whip, and rode merrily off. One minute whistling a merry tune and another singing, No one cares and no sorrow, a fig for the morrow. We'll laugh and be merry, sing nay down dairy. Well, after a time, he thought he should like to go a little faster. So he smacked his lips and cried, Jip! And away the horse went at full gallop. And before Hans knew what it was about, he was thrown off and lay on his back by the roadside. His horse would have run off if a shepherd who was coming by driving a cow had not stopped it. Hans soon came to himself and got upon his legs again, sadly vexed, and said to the shepherd, This riding is no joke. When a man has luck to get upon a beast like this that stumbles and flings him off as if it would break his neck. However, I'm off now once and for all. I like your cow now a great deal better than this smart beast that played me this trick and has spoiled my best coat. 
You see this puddle, which, by the by, smells not very like a nosegay. One can walk along at one's leisure behind the cow, keep good company, and have milk, butter, cheese every day, and into the bargain. What would I give to have such a prize? Well, said the shepherd, if you're fond, fond of her, I will change my cow for your horse. I like to do good to my neighbors, even though I'd lose it by myself. Done, said Hans merrily. What a noble heart that good man has, thought he. And then the shepherd jumped upon the horse, wished Hans and the cow good morning, and away he rode. Hans brushed off his coat, wiped his face and hands, rested a while, and then drove off in his cow quietly and thought his bargain was a very lucky one. If I have only a piece of bread, and I certainly shall always be able to get that, I can, whenever I like, eat my butter and cheese with it. And when I'm thirsty, I can milk my cow and drink the milk. And what can I wish for more? When he came to an inn, he halted, ate up all his bread, and gave away his last penny for a glass of beer. When he had rested himself, he set off again, driving his cow toward the mother village. But the heat grew greater as soon as noon came on, till at last he found himself on the wide heath that would take him more than an hour to cross. He began to be so hot and parched that his tongue caved to the roof of his mouth. I can't find a cure for this, thought he. Now I will milk my cow and quench my thirst. So he tied her to the stump of a tree and held up his leather cap to milk into, but not a drop was to be had. Why, who would have thought that this cow, which was to bring him milk and butter and cheese, was all that time utterly dry? Hans had not thought of looking to that. And while he was trying his luck in milking and managing the matter very clumsily, an uneasy beast began to think him very troublesome, and at last gave him such a kick on the head as knocked him down, and there he lay a whole long while senseless. Luckily, a butcher came by, driving a pig in a wheelbarrow. "'What's the matter with you, man?' said the butcher as he helped him up. Hans told him what happened, how he was dry and wanted to milk his cow, but found the cow was dry too. Then the butcher gave him a flask of ale, saying, There, drink and refresh yourself. Your cow will give you no milk. Don't you see? She's an old beast, good for nothing but the slaughterhouse. Alas, alas, said Hans. Who would have thought it? What a shame to take my horse and give me only a dry cow. If I kill her, what will she be good for? I hate cow beef. It's not tender enough for me. If it were a pig now, if it were a pig now, like that fat gentleman you're driving along at his ease, one could do something with it. It would, at any rate, make sausages. Well, said the butcher, I don't like to say no when one is asked to do a kind neighborly thing. To please you, I will change and give you my fine fat pig for the cow. Heaven reward you for your kindness and self-denial, said Hans, and gave the butcher the cow and took the pig off the wheelbarrow and drove it away, holding it by the string that was tied to its leg. 
So on he jogged, and all seemed now to go right with him. He had met with some misfortunes, to be sure, but he was now well repaid for all. How could it be otherwise with such a traveling companion as he had at last got? The next man he met was a countryman carrying a fine white goose. The countryman stopped to ask what was o'clock, and this led to further chat. Hans told him all his luck and how he had so many good bargains and how all the world went gay and smiling with him. The countryman then began to tell his tale and said that he was going to take the goose to a christening. Feel, said he, how heavy it is, and yet it's only eight weeks old. Whoever roasts and eats it will find plenty of fat upon it. It has lived so well. You're right, said Hans, as he weighed it in his hand, but you talk of fat. My pig is no trifle. Meantime, the countryman began to look grave and shook his head. Hark ye, he said, my worthy friend, you seem a good sort of fellow, so I can't help but doing you a kind turn. Your pig may get you into a scrape. In the village I just came from, the squire has a pig stolen out of his sty. It was I was dreadfully afraid when I saw you that you had the squire's pig. If you have and they catch you, it'll be a bad job for you. The least they will do is to throw you in the horse pond. Can you swim? Poor Hans was sadly frightened. Good man, he cried. Pay, pray get me out of this scrape. I know nothing of where the pig was bred or born, but he may have been the squire's for aught I can tell. You know this country better than I do. Take my pig and give me the goose. I ought to have something into the bargain, said the countryman. Give me a fat goose for a pig, indeed. Tis not every one who would do so much for you as that. However, I will not be hard on you as you are in trouble. Then he took the string by the hand, drove off the pig by the side, while Hans went on the way homeward, free from care. After all, he thought, the chap is pretty well taken in. I don't care whose pig it is, but wherever it came from, it's been a very good friend to me. I have much the best of the bargain. First, there will be a capital roast. Then the fat will find me in goose grease for six months. And then there will be all the beautiful white feathers. I will put them in my pillows, and I'm sure I will sleep soundly without rocking. How happy my mother will be. Talk of a pig indeed. Give me a fine fat goose. So he came to the next village, and he saw a scissors grinder with his wheel working and singing. O'er hill and o'er dale, so happy I roam. Work light and live well. All the world is my home. Then who so blithe? so merry as I. Hans stood looking for a while, and at last said, You must be well off, Master Grinder. You seem so happy at your work. Yes, said the other. Mine is a golden trade. A good grinder never puts his hand in his pocket without finding money in it. But where did you get that beautiful goose? Oh, I did not buy it. I gave a pig for it. And where did you get the pig? I gave a cow for it, and the cow, I gave a horse for it, and the horse, I gave a lump of silver as big as my head for it, and the silver, oh, I worked hard for that for seven long years. You have thriven well in the world hitherto, said the grinder. 
Now, if you could find money in your pocket whenever you put your hand in it, your fortune would be made. Very true, but how is that to be managed? How? Why, you must turn the grinder like myself, said the other. You only want a grindstone. The rest will come of itself. Here is one thing that is but little the worse for wear. I would not ask more than the value of your goose for it. Will you buy? How can you ask, said Hans. I should be the happiest man in the world. If I could have money whenever I put my hand in my pocket, what more could I want? There's the goose now, said the grinder, as he gave him a common rough stone that lay by his side. This is a most capital stone. Do work it well enough, and you can make an old nail cut with it. Well, Hans took the stone, went on his way with a light heart. His eyes sparkled for joy, and he said to himself, Surely I must have been born in a lucky hour. Everything I could want or wish for comes of itself. People are so kind. They seem really to think I'm doing them a favor and letting them make me rich and giving me good bargains. Meantime, he began to be tired and hungry, too, for he'd given away his last penny in his joy at getting the cow. At last, he could go no further, for the stone tired him sadly, and he dragged himself to the side of a river, that he might take a drink of water and rest a little. So he laid the stone carefully by his side on the bank, but as he stooped down to drink, he forgot it, pushed it a little, and down it rolled plump into the stream. For a while, he watched it sinking in the deep, clear water, then sprang up and danced for joy, and again fell upon his knees and thanked heaven with tears in his eyes for its kindness in taking away his only plague, the ugly, heavy stone. How happy am I, he cried. Nobody has ever been as lucky as I. Then he got up with a light heart, free from all his troubles, and walked on till he reached his mother's house and told her how very easy the road to good luck was. <laughs> Hans Luck, as they call it, another grim fairy tale. Wow. <laughs> All right, friends, that's going to do it for us. It is a Monday night. Enjoy the rest of your week. I will see you again on Wednesday night, 10 o'clock Malaysian time. Thank you to all of our video viewers. Rumble.com is where you'll find us. Look for Jay Sheldon. Uh, this logo. There you go. Or uh, YouTube. Uh, the link's in our show notes down below. And, of course, also our podcast listeners on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Radio Public, Geo7, wherever you may be. Thank you for all the listens and the downloads. I'll see you again Wednesday night at 10. Until then, I'm the guy without the pants, Jay Sheldon. Good night. Snort. <laughs> <laughs>